Hey guys, welcome back to the SBP podcast, Mobile Filmmaking. I'm your host, Susie Botello, and you're listening to episode 165. Hey, we've got a great conversation tonight uh, with our panelists for Fade Into Film. And we're going to be basically, we're going to be making a movie with you. We're going to walk you through making a feature film with your smartphone by doing the pre-production. So obviously we can't do the production with you, (laughs) but we can walk you through the pre-production process. So you have everything organized and ready to go and uh, everything will be smooth sailing. It never is, but we're going to talk about that too. Um, Jason Rivera is here. Levi Austin Morris and Ryan McDonald is here, uh, for this episode of our fading to film panel. So let's go and let's talk to the guys. It's going to be a wonderful conversation that I know you're going to get a lot from. We are fade into film. Hey guys, I am here with Jason Rivera. Yay! Hello, everybody. And Levi Austin Morris. Yay! Hello, hello. And Ryan McDonald. Yay! Hey, everybody, how's it going? <laughs> you always do your signature hello. Um, and Joey, unfortunately, could not be here tonight. Uh, he almost was. Uh, but he couldn't make it because he's action directing for Michael J. White, who is a little bit famous. And um, we're kind of, he's more than a bit famous. Um, but um, but just want to give uh, Michael J. White a shout out uh, for um, taking Joey for tonight. And um, also, um, I want to, you know, we had a really fun episode uh, in, you know, our last episode for Halloween. Uh, Jason, are you Hello? there? Yes, I yeah. am. I just want to hey, give hey. you, I, I just want to let our, let our listeners know that you, uh, and, you know, a big shout out for you doing the spooky music during the <laughs> last episode. <laughs> Any chance I can uh, use that uh, auto harp, I'm going to take it. So it was right. fun. I love that. Yeah. And don't forget, don't tune it yet, because Levi said he's got plans for... A, spooky, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, we'll keep it on tune. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, guys, we're going we're gonna to chat about a few things. Um, uh, first of all, I just want to... We're not going to go all around the table or anything, but I want to congratulate uh, Ryan. Ryan picked up like 10 awards or something uh, <laughs> last week, right? Uh, no, yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, so we we got we ended up with five, um, but out of only well, ten that's... awards that were provided at the at the festival, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's the reason why I haven't been on the podcast for the last uh, two episodes. Um, so one of the one of those nights we were there was there's a festival in Salt Lake Salt Lake City, and um, my team has contributed um, almost each year, um, 
and it's one of those where you're you're given like a, a certain line or a prop that you have to use, mm. and um, so we were on the fence as to whether or not we were going to be doing it because we were currently shooting uh, things for the um, for like a, a video game. I kind of mentioned that on one of the other episodes, and so we were really down to the wire. So we sh- so we shot um, a Wednesday night, Thursday night, and did pickup shots on Friday night because this is after all of our day jobs kind of things, and then the film was due on that Monday. Uh, wow. At mm. midnight. So wow. I edited through the weekend as much as I could. And then from Ooh. Sunday night, I put the kids to bed and I had some coffee. And I, I was up all the way through the night um, editing the film so that I could be done by, so I could hit the deadline on that Monday. So mm. I love that though. Like I do love when you know that there's a deadline coming up and, and you're like down to the wire. I love like the overnight. Oh Those my are God. Fun, but stressful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the last, so then the last time you guys recorded, um, I was at the festival, so that's why I couldn't be here. And um, yeah. it was, uh, we kind of have an outrageous idea. It's a retelling of, not a retelling, but so you also, we only, there's limitations. It could only be seven minutes and six seconds long. Um, mm-hmm. And what I put together, I knew, because I storyboarded it, I knew I had about 80 shots. So I knew that each shot could only be five or six seconds long. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um but uh, but it was a smash hit. People, some are, um, some people were. So it's a, it's like a retelling of Frankenstein. But in this case, the man is castrated, and then he rebuilds it together, and it turns into a monster. Um, I love that. And it starts attacking him. So uh, some people were horrified. Some people, many people laughed. Um, we won the audience award for that. Yes. <laughs> we won uh, best scare. Uh, we picked up best special effects and then, um, and then we won, I won best director and we won best film. Good for you. Wow. Congratulations. So, yeah, That's I, awesome. was, I was, I was extremely, uh, I was, was there like an happy. award for the one with the most awards? <laughs> <laughs> that was you just the drive home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, no, I was, I was really, I was really happy. I actually, I was, I, I thought to myself, I was like, well, if we get special effects. I was like, we'll have that in the bag. Um, everything else I didn't mm. really, I, I was pretty surprised and blown away. So Sure. Good for you. Yeah. That's so exciting. That's awesome. And Thank and you. Levi is just still pounding on film festivals. Uh, so congratulations on that. Every time oh. I go on social media, it's like Levi is announcing, by the way, we just got accepted into this other <laughs> festival. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. wow, nice. Congratulations. Well, and then Levi, too. you leave next week. And um, yes, so I will not be here next yeah. time. And yeah. then uh, Sophie's film, my daughter Sophie, her film is at the same festival. Oh, is it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, excellent. So I'll, I will. Uh, I'll be watching it. Yeah. I'll, maybe I'll sneak some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll sneak some photos for you. Awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. So this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about some topics here, um, and those topics are gonna be. This is this is gonna be really fun, you guys. We're actually going going to walk you and with you, and we're gonna pre-produce a mobile feature film. We're gonna do this together uh, with our team, and uh, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. But first, just a little reminder: this is where we would start with a bunch of ads that we would have to put in. Of course, as you listen to other podcasts, you know that they always do this and they put ads here. We're not doing that. I'm not putting any ads here. But at some point, I'm probably going to have to. But 
if you support and like and enjoy the SBP podcast, please go to Patreon or buy me a coffee. The links are in the notes and uh, help us out a little bit. That's all I'm going to say. Any any words from you guys? Do it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely support support. You know, uh, indie artists who are creating. You know, and Susie's an incredible host, and so yeah, absolutely support. Awesome, thank you. So, when you're making a mobile feature film, you probably want to get some funding for that. Uh, something that you don't usually do all the time for a short film, right? And but if you do decide to make a feature film, and you should. Just like, you know, our friend Levi, who made numerous uh, short films, decided to make a feature film. And now he's the star and the king of the mobile film world uh, no. with that feature <laughs> film. <laughs> but if you do decide to do that, you'll probably want to get some funding. And that's for another discussion where we'll go and we'll chat with Levi and um, we'll talk about that. But for now, now let's say that you've got some funding and you're ready to start putting your film together. When I've worked on um, films, one of the things that I've noticed, you guys, and I wonder if this is different for you, but usually the pre-production involves a handful of people, if even. It's usually the DP, the director, and maybe the AD. And then, producer. yeah, well, yeah. and well, sometimes the producer ends up being, you know, there too, but sometimes that's the same person, right? Sure. Yeah. But you're right. The producer has an important role in that, of course. And in a larger production, you know, you have your, uh, your, the manager to the production manager, because that's the person that's going to bring in the rest of the crew. But you only have those people for quite a long time. Once you've got your screenplay, right? You've got these people together and you're talking about, okay, now how are we, how are we going to make this happen? The next thing that I, that, that I know that they did was to have casting calls because without a cast, now we're talking about a narrative film, you guys, without a cast, you've got nothing to shoot really. And so those are the things that happen before you bring in the crew. Are you guys, um, has that been your experience as well? Let's start with you, Levi. Uh, I mean, I think, I think some of the things, the, the early phase things I might do a little out of order, um, with our pre-production stuff, I definitely, like we got the funding for, well, I wrote the script, then we got the funding. Um, and, uh, as we were getting the funding, I was working on the storyboard and everything. And I like with the casting, I don't think casting technically has to come before those meetings. Um, it just needs to come before, you know, before you actually start shooting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but I, I think there's a little bit of flexibility in, you know, the order of some things. But there is absolutely specific things you have to have ready before you um, oh, yeah. be before you start shooting. So when you said before those meetings, were you talking about the initial meetings when you've got your your three or four at the most key people? So uh, with paralysis, it was mostly just me and my producer for the early meetings. Right. Um, uh, and, and it was like uh, she was going through the script and figuring out all the props that were needed and all the locations that were needed. Um, I was storyboarding. Um, and then once we had that list, we started to sort of divvy out the responsibility of creating those props. Um, and I did a lot of them and she did a few of them. 
Um, so yeah, like I think I think it's just. At what the, point the, did you get the casting? Uh, I mean, casting, I had, um, I think it's also different because paralysis, I specifically wrote for specific people. That's true. There was only, there was only one role that we had to audition people for. Um, and I think, I, I don't remember a hundred percent, but actually I, I do believe we, we were doing casting during the crowdfunding. Oh. So while we were raising the funds, we saw that things looked like they were going in the right direction. So we were like, all right, this seems like it's going to happen. So let's go ahead and get uh, casting in place. Well, now I have another question for you, Levi. Okay. <laughs> when you did the, um, the funding, at what point, at what, you already had your screenplay during the funding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because those things, I mean, you pretty much do the screenplay before you go looking for it. Because if you have a screenplay, that's, that's your pitch, right? Well, that's I mean, your, I, that's your, that's your that's, solid, that's I'm going to do point. this, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's for me specifically. No, I, know I think some that's people, for a lot of people. It should yeah. be anyways, where you've got something tangible. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the jumping off point for sure. Yeah. Um, And then at that point, you know, so then you were doing, okay, I get it now. I think our listeners do too. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just saying there's flexibility in, in the order of certain yeah. things. That's all. And yeah. of also because in the productions that I've worked on, for the most part, a lot of there are some key members of the crew that are regulars, but then everybody else is is hired after. Yeah. Yes. And that, that happened for us. Uh, it was after we raised all the funds and we had everything in place. That's when we started to pull yeah. Um, more crew. Yeah. And and I meant after the cast was in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 It, that's how we did it. Is casting came first and then crew. Okay. Cool. Uh, Ryan, how about you? And I know you also knew a lot of these people, but you had to do your casting call too. Yeah. Yeah. That, no, that's true. Uh, I mean, and so the funding as well. That was out of my back pocket. I, um, I just had been saving money over the years, so. Uh, to to put together, I just and I, I knew that I, one day I was going to make a feature film, so um, I just kind of always had it as my mattress cash uh, that I'd that I put together. That's smart, that's so smart. <laughs> um, I, I saw a masterclass by Werner Herzog, and he was saying, now, um, you know, if it takes you, if you have to work some dead end job, you know, day in day out for ten years to save the money to make um, to make your movie, then I guess you're going to have to work that dead end job day in day out for ten years. Mm. And he was just like, that's what you do. So, um, mm. but, uh, but so I have yet to, to experience any kind of Kickstarter, but I think with, um, feature film ideas that I have for what's next that I want to do, uh, mm -hmm. that's certainly the route to go. Mine, um, we did not have the casting all the way. I had a few people in mind. Um, one of the actors, Mike Solaris, I had already known and had worked with a few times. So I kind of already knew that he was, that it was going to, that he was going to be one of the husbands. Um, and then I didn't know when I was ever going to have a chance to be in a feature film. So I added myself as one mm. of them. So that kind of, and then also I don't have to pay myself either. So, um, yeah. we had mentioned how we'd mentioned the, the SAG stuff earlier. And so though none of nobody that was in the film, um, it was union, but um, I did still pay like day rates though, like the yeah. what the what the minimum union rate is, um, and then we yeah we put out a casting call and it took we we did probably about three different sessions and uh, like just from the area that I'm in because I mean Utah so I've mentioned this before but there's 
there were certain things I was looking for. I knew I had a lot of um, colorful language in my film, and I certainly didn't want it to be with something where um, people were going to hold back or not say the things that I wanted them yeah. to say kind of thing. Um, and, and in the area that I live in, it's sometimes you can just tell when someone just doesn't frequently curse. Right. And sure. you can just hear it when they say it. Yeah. Um, like, oh, there's hesitation. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was so that was something that I was looking at. Uh, but yeah, we put out casting calls. There, there are some talent agencies in Salt Lake City, and uh, we had a number of people. And I probably auditioned thirty or forty people. It's amazing, yeah, think- even for the smallest of productions, the the amount of people that show up. I, I'm, I, you know, Utah, right where mm-hmm. you were. You wouldn't imagine to have that many people, but well, Salt Lake. I do know Salt Lake has a very large because um, I have a friend who's originally from uh, Utah and she did theater and stuff in Salt Lake for a while, um, and they have a very large sort of um, production. Like they're like they've got a lot of actors who do theater and films. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do know like it's kind of a boom in you know yeah industry as far as yeah yeah there, there are there are some um like sound stages things like that that you can shoot at there's one they just built in park city as well unfortunately all of it is is always outside of our my budget range um sure. that kind yeah. of sense. but so and then there's a lot of in, people who are indie actors and um i mean not to necessarily like talk my film up in a sense but with the type of film that i had with dialogue and things like that some of the parts were I don't know. It's it just juicy, and you could, and people yeah. could tell when, when there's like you have moments where there's where people have a chance to actually act, and yeah. um, and bring emotions and scream and yell and monologues and things like that that um, are just good to show off. You know? yeah. Instead of being like, okay, now walk inside this coffee shop and um, <laughs> pretend that you like that girl or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. here it's kind of like, hey, and this is where you're gonna run in there and you're gonna call him a mother effer and let's go. So yeah. some of those, um, when they're recorded, um, come back years later, uh, like the kids, I know that, you know, child actors, you know, some of them, I think I saw Henry, Henry Thomas from ET, uh, oh, who mm. did, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, did you see that? I mean, he's, he's pretty successful now. I, I don't know what you're saying. Well, but what I'm saying he's... is like, you know, his casting call for his, his, oh. you know, his audition Oh, for yeah. E.T. And how emotional oh, he Oh, man, he was yeah. like, he was yeah. all there, and they just were He's like... incredible. Yeah, they he he got the part, like, right there and yeah. then, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, so what I'm saying is, like, you never know. So you're recording those. Usually, now, I know that a lot of people are now recording those things themselves, you know, and then sending them in. But I yeah. think there's something to be said for putting people in front of the crew, basically oh, or sure. the, the main people in the crew and and doing that and having to perform that way i think mm-hmm. it helps the actor and i think it helps the director as well yeah we um, had a couple yeah, so of video we, submissions oh go ahead sorry we had a couple of video submissions and um some of them i did bring in but for me for my film particularly because it was a, a a married couple, I needed to also see the people together. Oh, chemistry. Yeah, you have to yeah. see chemistry for and sure. So I was trying yeah. to make sure I'm pairing the right two people together. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. So that was also part of yeah. it. Go ahead, Lee. Uh, with, with paralysis, we, um, I mean, it was still, it was still COVID technically when we were casting it. Mm. So um, everybody did do uh, an, an initial um, submission uh, via a, a self-tape. 
And then from there, uh, we did over Zoom with me, my producer, my lead actress, and then uh, the person that we hired for casting. Um, so, so there was like four of us and then whatever, whoever the actor was um, for the callback. So we, we had two audition stages. I think we had like, similar to you, Ryan, I think we had like 30 people submit, maybe more than that, but we only, we only saw about 30 people for the initial round. Um, and then I think we called back about 10 um, and then, yeah, and then it was, it was, it really came down to the chemistry between the lead actress and this actress that made me go, oh my God, like, this is who it is. So, yeah. That's pretty awesome. I remember ca yeah. uh, I was holding a casting call for a very small short film and uh, this is in 2015 and I, I literally got a text from them with the videos um, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we did hold auditions and they couldn't make yeah. it, but they literally texted me. Oh, I'm sorry I couldn't make it, but here. Here's my audition. Interesting. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, yeah. But, um, okay, so obviously casting is a big deal. That's why I'm allowing this <laughs> to go on this long because it, it is a big deal. It's It's a very big part of your film and it's very important that you get the right actors and of course that they kind of get along even the villains don't have to hate the other actors <laughs> <laughs> so you do want to you know make sure that you get the cast because um, that also can put your film off for some time so sometimes what happens is if you if you don't have the right actors you know, for the part, then you have to hold another casting call and then another. And that'll that'll take longer for you to, you know, put your plan together and get the dates and get the location scheduled and things like that. Yeah. And that's another reason why you want to get that as soon as possible and get that commitment as well. Um, so then the next thing, um, I wanted to bring Jason into this because I know Jason has uh, meetings and I know that you like to be a part of the pre-production. I don't know how many, how many chances you get to, you know, get to do that. Jason, do you ever get to be a part of that? Uh, for probably about half of the films that I've scored or nice. so, um, I'm not, I haven't had a chance to be in any of the meetings yet, but I've been on phone calls and conversations with the directors on some projects before they've even started shooting anything. Um, and it's where, you know, the script is done or close to being done. And um, I read it several times and then have discussions with the director based on that. Um, and um, yeah, I'll, I'll start writing, you know, if they're okay with it, I'll start writing based off the conversations and, and the script. How much information do you get? Because you know, on their end too, they've got the screenplay. They pretty much have an idea of, of the film, uh, the tone, right. That they want to set with the music uh -huh. and all that. Um, and then at one point, because, so they get really busy, <laughs> they start cranking, you know, uh, during production. So during production, you're probably not, not able to have a lot of conversations with them or are you? Not usually. Once it starts getting going, yeah. um, the only really the only at that point, the only interaction I'm having is I'm emailing them stuff that I'm working on and, you know, they're having some kind of response to it. And then, you know, maybe we have some back and forth on that. But they're generally, you know, at that point, busy with other things. 
Yeah. 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 They're cranking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk to uh, Ryan about because I think this is also let's say now we've got the cast together and all of that. Um, now we've got to get the location set, right? Is that usually the next step? At the stage, we already have our DP lined up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. The, like... the DP is like <laughs> numero uno. Early yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're, you're going to start working on two different things at the same time. I mean, yeah, you have your cast together, but you yeah. need to start look, you, you're going to be looking at locations. Um, and also you have to think about what, what, what are they going to wear right, as well. You have your cast, but they have to... They have to wear something. They have. Is there a style? Um, for instance, like in my newest short film that I was speaking of earlier, uh, because some of it I was, I was thinking of. Um, we're we're looking at pieces of like Evil Dead Two, and I yeah. didn't know what I was going to have the main actor wear. And then I was watching Evil Dead. We were looking at some parts of Evil Dead Two, and I thought to myself, I was like, "What we'll just have him do that? Just black pants and, and a blue shirt. Like, yeah. that, that's what we'll do. Make him look like Ash." Um, yeah. And <laughs> but by that time, you probably already had your location in effect mm-hmm. because, like, I mean, you can't. So here's here's the the sequence, right, in chronological order for the most part. Um, if we can put it that I know some things kind of uh, bleed into the other, you know, but at the same time, it's like you do want to set some things down in stone so that these other things can take place. Right. So you got your cast and yeah, you're going to have wardrobe. There's no doubt about that. Um, And sometimes that's part of your screenplay where you're defining what they're going to wear. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to do the props. You're going to do all that stuff, but you can't do the props and you can't design a set really all the way. I mean, you have a vision as a director of what Mm -hmm. you want your theme to be for, for all that stuff. But until you have a location set, because you guys know you've been there, right? Where you're going, I want this location mm-hmm. and it's just yeah. not going to happen. And you have to do something else. Right. Yeah. Well, and the, uh, and the shot I mean, list comes after that. Yeah. Hopefully if you've, yeah. if, you know, if, if you wrote it yourself and you yeah. knew what your budget was and hopefully you didn't write something in as a location that you can't have, um, yeah. well, would be, would be that part. So, um, so even with my, the short film I just did originally it was supposed to be set at a police station and yeah so we started looking around for different locations that we could potentially use that was going to be like an interrogation room uh, but I knew I was going to have a lot of blood and other effects and I didn't want to have to work that over with the whoever owned the location <laughs> yeah. yeah so then so then I started thinking of like well, what if it was just at a, in a garage and then um, I was like, "Whose garage could I use?" And then I, I, I own a house, and so then I just, I was like, "I'll just, do, I'll just shoot it at my house." Sure. <laughs> so now it's not at a police station anymore. It's actually just outside my house in the driveway. And I started reimagining those kind of things. But it, it did hmm. come down to the fact that I, I was like, uh, with, with what we were going to be doing, um, there's a small explosion. We have some blood and all this other stuff. I was like, I really don't want to have to, have like. So we had, I worked on a short film, Ryan. I I worked on this one short film where it was two old ladies and they were literally using like those um, AK-47s or whatever they are that the the, the SWAT team has. Uh Yeah. Um, We had, you know, when you have connections, sometimes um, they'll get you things that you don't know you could have. So, So that's why I always tell people, you just write your thing. 
you know, and then later mm-hmm. worry, you know, you can always make adjustments later. Yeah. You right, know? Right, right, yeah. Right, um, but yeah, they, they're walking around with these AK-47 or maybe they're something else, whatever they are. Um, and they're two little old ladies. And what happened was that they break out one of the episodes, they break out of the jail and they're in a small town. And we found a small town, you know, up in the mountains here, which was really just about 45 minutes, you know, going up to the top, to the mountains here. Mm-hmm. And um, they had this old jail cell, Western style jail cell. Yeah. And it was kind of like a little bit of a museum. But they talked to the Chamber of Commerce or whoever it was. And they 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 allowed us to film there. And so you That's have cool. these two little old ladies and they had the thing and they break out of the jail with knitting needles um <laughs> and they, <laughs> they walk out I of there with yeah. with that yeah it's um and i was i was working on this film and it was just like it was it was it was so much fun but anyways so you just don't know um what you can get you just have to yeah just by it. asking yeah yeah because yeah. yeah. you, yeah. you i mean your friends don't all tell you come out to you with a list of every access that they have right no yeah and and like this is this is the second feature that i've done the first one i don't love to talk about just because it was a massive learning experience well um but <laughs> but uh but there were aspects of it that like we needed a restaurant and we needed mm-hmm. a church and um through uh our network and through just asking around we were able to locate both um, and the church donated their um, their space to us. We just had to make a donation to the church, um, and then uh, and it was whatever amount we wanted. Um, I think we donated like two hundred dollars, um, and then uh, and then we found a hotel that or not a hotel and a restaurant that allowed us to take over after they closed, and we were able to film from the time they closed until sunup the next morning. Um, and I mean, that cost a chunk of money and we had to get insurance for it, but like, it was still like, um, it was still available. It was still available and it it ended up working out incredibly well, you know? So like there is definitely, um, and that does, that does add production value to your film yeah, yeah, as opposed to, you know, but but I will say, but I will say like Ryan, Ryan being able to turn his, uh, garage and his front yard, like, and, and I also think like you can look at directors like, um, Wes Anderson, who is one of my favorite directors, and like in Grand Budapest, that entire train sequence is not on a train. They're like on this little trolley, and they made a couple of flats, um, and there's just somebody pushing the trolley. Um, And I think it's so clever, and it's it's a great way to avoid uh, excess cost, you know? So there's there's creative ways to make a location look like something else. It's called cheating. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. And that, and that's okay. That's Movie perfectly. Magic. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, come on. <laughs> um, yeah. The the problem with a lot of this in a lot of today's films is like everything's you know um, CGI, unfortunately. Um, yeah. But for indie filmmakers uh, making their first, say, feature mobile film, uh, CGI is probably a little too much. Although, it can still be done. Um, sure. cause, uh, Conrad Mess did it, uh, with, with a film, um, back in, uh, 2015, 2014 yep. actually. So, um, the whole film, it was, uh, I'll, uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to share the link to Conrad Mess on, on mobile film stories. 
so that you all can watch that. We used to play it at our film festival. And Ryan, you'll have to watch it because it's incredible. Mm-hmm. It is. I, I actually, uh, when I first started uh, mobile filmmaking, he was one of my inspirations. So mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So we've got locations. Uh, Ryan, let's talk about shot lists. Yeah. So the, it kind of, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I've been on sets with people where they don't know what they're about to shoot. Like they know that they're going to shoot the scene, but they didn't pre-plan any of it. And um, I have also been on a set yeah, like that, Andy, and I did not love that no, experience. It sucks. It's really bad. And, <laughs> yeah, it's really and, bad yeah. for the AD too because yeah. you can't yeah. keep the timing on anything. Mm-hmm. And I was yep. the AD on. Uh, it was a feature oh. film. It's, it's, it's a feature film that's on Netflix right now, and it was. And I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be that guy, but I had to be that yeah. guy that was being the dick the whole time and pushing everybody along. Because like, yeah. and while the DP and the director go, what if we did one of these? What if we did one of that? What if we did? And I'm just like, I, mean, I was blown these away. Are things you should have thought about before. Yeah, yeah. So like, well, yeah. you have to be that way though, Ryan. When you're an AD, that's part of the job. Yeah, yeah. And there, yeah, yeah and there would be people I could hear them <laughs> like, oh, the AD really needs to step it up right here. And I'm like, God, I'm doing everything but <laughs> gun to their head. Like, is where yeah. I'm at. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. To yeah. get this, to get this thing to move along. And so it's just, yeah, it's just really disrespectful. And I always, I try to keep that in mind when people come and work on my films that like, I know what I'm going to be shooting. I know, um, and depending on the film, I might know. So like with Married and Loving It, uh, I have a shot list. Yes, I didn't storyboard it. I don't really need to. I can kind of do like a bird's eye view, kind of a diagram of what the shots are going to be. Except for, but once it starts getting into a little bit more um, visually heavy, like for instance, in the middle of my feature film where the husband gets he's starting he gets stabbed um or last year i did a werewolf film this year I did yeah a Frankenstein you want to do the angles yeah and, and those ones all. i have to story the, the whole thing yeah so i've actually so like with uh, my newest one the frankenstein one um i storyboard the entire thing and so i just know what shot is happening next uh in the edit sequence but also in my mind and what we need to get and then and then from there you can kind of like if something pops up and a really cool idea, then great. But at least you had like a lot of it. You knew what you're doing when you got there, and you're just and so when you say something like when you when you say like you know uh, okay cool yeah cut move on you know where you're moving on to. So yeah. so let's share with our listeners a little bit about the purpose of the shot list because it can get confusing between the shot list and the storyboarding. And I'm gonna let Levi talk about because he's really into sure. the. Um, storyboarding, but the mm-hmm. lift. When, I do both. Yeah, you do because you you're very meticulous, and yeah. in in you should be in a way because depending on the people that you have, if if they're all comfortable with not being so meticulous, great. But for the most part, for you and you have, like you said, you had funding that you had obligations, and you felt very responsible yeah, there's to pressure. Yeah, yeah, there you, was, there was certainly, you probably yeah. put more pressure onto yourself than you needed to but that's oh, okay that's okay yeah. it's called a sense of yeah. urgency too uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but the shot list um like i i've i've worked on films where it's like oh you know what you're going to be the script supervisor oops uh the ad just left so you're going to be the ad and that's how yeah. i got the job of dp by the way, mm. I went from a, from script supervisor to, to AD, and then I went to DP. Um, I mean, that's very indie, I will say. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. And I'm just like, go, okay, all right, okay, you yeah. know. Um, 
But as an AD, when I put together, I actually enjoyed it. I enjoy every part of filmmaking, obviously, but I really enjoyed putting that together because we had multiple locations. And when you're looking at, you know, the locations that you have, because you're, you try to determine the dates and times that you could shoot them at this location and then travel to another one. But sometimes you yeah. have no control because the person like in yeah. your restaurant is saying, no, you're not coming here at noon. <laughs> yeah. That's my moneymaker, you know? And so you have to work around that. And so it's, it takes a lot of creativity to create that. Um, and what happens is, you know, films are not shot in sequence. And no. also one of the reasons why I always say you got to have, you should have at least someone who can kind of keep track, keep track, doesn't have to be a full on script supervisor, but you want people to be on top of, you know, Hey, yeah. they were wearing that blue shirt, you know, continuity. you know, continuity. Hey, that candle was, this was at the beginning of that day and that candle got burned that night. Remember? Oh, okay. You know, things like that. And, um, yeah. So the shot list, you know, explain to people because I feel like I asked and then I'm explaining it. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> explain to people so that they can differentiate between the shot list and a storyboard, Levi. Sure. So for me, what uh, I will, I, I, I'd like to back up just a second because um, <laughs> once I have the cast in place, I found I, I find out everybody's availability, mm -hmm. and I make a shooting schedule. So I make uh, and I, I already like I'm figuring out how many days it's going to take. I'm like estimating how many pages we can shoot per day, um, and so I make that first, and that includes uh, like who I mean of the main crew, like the DP, um, myself, the producer, whatever. Of the four people that we had already at that point, it included who would be on set, the cast that we needed on set that day, if we had a makeup artist, if she needed to be on set that day. Um, and I made the schedule, and for us it was a 15-day shoot. Um, so I made that schedule, um, and then from that schedule, um, I, I mean, that, that, that just like is something that was important. So this but is why it's stressful, though, because you're making that schedule, and your location is telling you that may not work and your cast well so is saying, i mean the, yes, so it yeah will, so you know yeah so i think for us because it was a one location yeah mostly one location we didn't really have that issue um but there is ab like i mean there is uh also a little story within our production where we did have to be flexible and i can touch on that in a moment but regarding shot list and storyboard i storyboard before i shot list and the reason i storyboard is i want to know exactly uh i i love um, seeing the film in my head before I even start doing the shot list, you know, like, so for me, I want to, I want to draw it out and I do like, I don't draw every single frame. Like if I'm cutting back to the same angle, I'm not going to redraw it, but I do draw out like anything special that I want, any, any angles that I want, any, like if there's any special shots or, uh, or, uh, transitions or anything like I'm, I'm, I'm drawing that out in my storyboard. And then from there I do sort of like, on my shot list, and I did a shot list for every single day. So we shot for 15 days. So with my schedule, I took the scenes that we were planning on shooting, and I actually made a document that had my shot list like, okay, this is going to be a close-up or a wide or whatever. And then I, I, I uh, pasted the little image that I drew right next to it. <laughs> and then I had a box that said notes. 
um, in case like my AD or anybody needed to write a little note like this was a good take or you know whatever and then like uh, you know and then we'd circle like the take that we ended up liking the best you know right um, and so it was like a very meticulous way so that in the editing later on everything moved quicker um, but also we knew the exact next shot we were doing we knew if we were jumping to a different day a different scene and I color-coded the schedule so that everybody knew, okay, yellow means that we're in these outfits. Red means that we're in these outfits. So it was like very meticulous so that... Um, you were putting, so you were no adding confusion. some of the tasks that a, sup, a script supervisor would have would have done because... Uh, we had a tiny, tiny crew. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. so a lot of those steps that you just mentioned, usually the script yeah. supervisor will do that. You know, she makes a but note of an you indie saying, film, you this may is a not good have take. That. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just making yeah. that point out. Yeah. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so, and then, so yeah, so I had, I had 15 shot lists, you know, um, for the 15 right. days. Um, and then, and there were days that we did not make it through our entire shot list. And so that would end up getting like, um, originally it was supposed to be 14 days of shooting, but, uh, we ended up adding a day because we had to add everything that we didn't get to. Um, and we were very smart about what we added uh, or what, what we moved to the day, um, the new day. Like if it, uh, we, we had a certain budget for our makeup artist, so we made sure to get our makeup artist stuff done on the days that she was scheduled to be there. So if there were shots that did not involve a makeup artist um, and we were running out of time, we would move those to um, uh, the, the new day that we were adding, the pickup day, you know? Yeah. And so the shot list, yeah. in a way, is it's more administrative, in, supposedly. Oh, it is, yes. Yeah. Than yeah. the, than the shot list. It helps your editor. Yep. It helps, yeah. It helps your editor. It helps It helps everybody yeah. on the team to and have And usually that. the yeah. AD is the one that's got that with the, with yeah. the watch. I mean, they're just yep. like, uh, yes. yes. And they're like, like, and the thing for us, because it was 14-hour days, but like we had an entire feature to shoot, and it was like long days. It got to the point that our AD was like, okay, I'm giving you guys three good takes and then you have to move on. Yep. Um, and, and then eventually it would turn into, you don't even get three good takes. It's just you get three takes and then you got to move on. You know, so it's like you, you're pay, they're paying attention to the time so that everything can get covered. Yeah. You know, and they're giving you yeah. the heads up because that's their yeah. job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and that's why you also sometimes on some sets you have more, you know, you have more than one. You have the AD and then AD one, AD two. Because they're yeah, we had three people wearing that hat. Yeah, see, yeah, because they have to run between wardrobe and props, and you know, setting up. There's yeah. a setup, so there's usually a takedown and a setup between scenes. Yeah. Um, and uh, and if there's different locations, you have part of the crew go and start doing yep. that. You know, while the director and the DP are hanging out watching, and um, and, and the actors sometimes too. Uh, watching what they've shot to make sure they've got everything. Oh, we didn't even do that. I know. Stuff. We <laughs> would we would drop footage and move on. Yeah. Like it was like there's not enough time. Um, and unfortunately, that did mean that there was one one thing in particular that uh, it was shot outside, and it's very hard to see what is in focus on a tiny phone. Yeah. Um, when when everything is bright, even with the guiding lines on Filmic Pro. Um, so it was a scene that I was in and my DP at the time because we shared that responsibility, but he was shooting this scene because I was in it and uh, everything was out of focus. Like, so we had to reshoot it. So that this was would be a good time to. for me to insert something that is not an ad, but um, the Zakudo Smart Z Finder. 
Because <laughs> if you had that, the sunlight, you know, your eyes in the viewfinder, and then you're able to see, I mean, it's dark. It's like watching it inside of your own little theater. Yeah. And there yeah. and then you can make the adjust adjustments for the focus and all that stuff and yeah. you can see better. So <laughs> I'm just throwing that yeah. I'm in love with that thing. No, so yeah. you know. Um And I will say going back to what you were saying yeah. about locations, like there was one location that we had found ahead of time Ooh. for paralysis, um, that I really enjoyed. It was uh so there's two sequences that happen in sort of this burned out wooded area. Mm. Um, and we were able to shoot one of the scenes in that area because it, it still looked okay. But uh, the city had actually cleared out a lot of the burned out brush. So, uh, so we had to, on a, on, on a, like literally on the seat of our pants, find a new location. Um, so while we were shooting one day, my producer went scouring through L.A., uh, researching like areas that had had recent wildfires that we could guerrilla film this. Um, and she ended up finding uh, a wooded area up in Agora Hills. Um, but the problem was, and this is something that happens and you have to be flexible. The problem was when we got to that new location, I went sight unseen to it. She, she's the only one who had seen it and she sent me some photos and I was like, sure, it looks fine. But once we got there, it was a very uh, hilly area. Oh, gosh. And the storyboard and the shot list that I had prepared yeah did not work in that in that location. Um, like he, the, the camera operator, uh, the DP was not able to um, do because it was such a hilly terrain. He kept falling. Um, so we had to we had to completely throw out what we had planned and he had to come up with something on the fly because it was another scene that I was in. Um, so uh, so it was so like this is why filmmakers all- get paid the big bucks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it ended up working. Yeah. But like that was that was my most stressful day on set for sure, because it was like everything I had prepared for was trash. Yeah. You know, it was like, what am I supposed to do here? You know, and you do yeah. it again. You do it. And all I'm over. going to do it <laughs> again. Because <Exactly. laughs> like I always yeah. say, filmmakers are very yeah. special people. Yeah. And I mean that we, in the most positive like to way. Ourselves. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, if you I, like I said, you know, you have to like the challenge. Levi, you were saying how, you know, doing the shot list and it helps you like see like or doing the storyboards helps like you visualize the entire film. And yeah, like when I was even when I was because I told you guys what kind of crunch time I had making this last one. I was, yeah. I'm honestly really stressed out until I have the storyboards done. And yeah. then, and then I, cause I, then I get really excited because I can actually see the whole film yes. and every yes. shot. And I exactly. just know that it's like, it's almost like my way of feeling like, okay, it's going to be okay. Like, you know what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, cause you, you, it's like, it's like, it's like a paint by numbers. You now know what your, um, what your film is. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the full picture is literally right there on mm-hmm. your storyboard, you know? Yeah. Okay, so now we've got locations, we got a shot list, we've got a storyboard. And now let's talk about um, let's talk about props and sure. and sets. Meaning, you know, when I say dress up the set, I'm ta- there's the property master, right? Uh, there's something that I kind of I don't want to get too far into it, but there's something that you have to be careful with. We had a awesome property master in one of the films that I worked on where he literally reinvented all the brands in the refrigerator. Oh, that's cool. So the mayonnaise was not craft or whatever. He, he made up the, the brands and these are things that are just sort of in the background, quick shot, whatever. 
Um, it was incredible. He he printed mm. out all the little labels with the new names for them. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, and we also had a set with um, uh, at a restaurant that we were shooting. And it was, we had it the whole night and we had to set up all these candles because it was a blind woman, a blind girl who is being romanced uh, by this hmm. guy. And because she was blind, she could still sort of see the lights. And he wanted her to walk down this hallway and sort of at least kind of see the lights of all the candles. It was super, I mean, we were all like, oh my God, it was awesome. Um, but doing Doing that to that extent, you can do it on a low budget. You just have yeah. to have somebody who's meticulous and focused on doing that because you can design the labels and print them out on stickers and put them on the yeah. thing. But you have to be conscious. You have to be conscious about the brands and never include a brand unless you've got you know, the person from the brand, the, the brand itself giving you approval for that. So basically nothing, Yeah. you know, and then when you do, it's kind of like, um, you know, Pepsi or something like that. It's like, oh, well, we wanted to be in part of that. We paid to be in this film or you got yeah. paid, you paid them, you know. So um, let's talk about that. I also want to let our listeners know when you're getting your crew together, Right. At this point, you're probably now assembling your crew. You know, once you have the locations, you have the cast, you have the shot list, you have the storyboard. At that point is when when we had a meeting with the crew that that was going to come in. We had someone for lighting, gaffers and, you know, people like that. My me as a script supervisor. And then we sat down and, and we found out what the, you know, the, the the more more of the exact things that we needed to know right to make this film yeah. happen like when we were going to be needed what locations you know so we had the schedule we also had the shot like copy of the shot list we had the screenplays uh, i certainly did but we you give one to everybody you give everybody a copy of the screenplay and then we already knew like you have lighting you know you have you know, sound, the sound mixers, all those people come in after because, of course, they know what they're doing. And now they can start putting together, okay, it's going to be at this location and they can start realizing what their job is going to entail. What I wanted to bring in the mobile filmmaking part is, let's say you want to have three extra cameras. Well, I just found out that you can rent phones. And so if you can rent phones, then you don't have to worry about uh, and their short term rentals. And so basically those could be set up as so you don't have to worry about borrowing somebody's phone and telling them to delete all their videos and photos and <laughs> all those things. Uh, but I think I think that's also a good idea. So you have extra cameras. You also have props. You have them. You can use them for microphones mobile microphones basically and if you don't like if you're shooting somebody from far away and you don't have to sync lips but if you don't have to worry about that because they're not right there as a close-up you can have two guys talking way out there in, across the street you can shoot them from over here and then you can add the audio later in post we've even used our phones for I, I lighting mean, as well yeah um, for that too 
yeah, we just yeah. have people like just turn on their flashlight and uh, help us out. <laughs> And yeah, you can even, yeah, in very low light situations, you can even set up, you know, bring up a graphic that's like a blue square or something, you know, or a red square or whatever. Just make sure that it doesn't go to sleep on you. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so now you want to dress up your, your film set, right? And yeah. take care of all those other little things. So you're at that point just ready to start scheduling the shoots and hopefully you by then already have a schedule anyways. Uh, things like Levi said, um, fall through at the last minute though. Um, so it's nice to have a backup plan and then another backup to that. Right guys. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you should always, um, anticipate having a pickup day, um, just for safety. Um, I think it's, I think it's beneficial and that way you're not really, into much of a crunch. Um, that's just my opinion. You're professionally correct. <laughs> yeah, it's always a good idea to have that. And then sometimes other things that happen too is after the fact or even during post. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we ended up doing a pickup day a year after we shot uh, principal photography because after I had cut the film together, I realized, oh, the story's not clear in this moment, this moment, and this moment, so what shots can I add to clear it up, you know? And so a year after we shot uh, Principal Photography, wow. we had a pickup day, yeah. A year after. Yeah, and it's funny because I watch the film, and I see, I, I personally have a hard time going, how do people not see that her hair is different? But nobody <laughs> sees it, so yeah. That is her hair is a little bit longer. Now I was going to have yeah, to watch yeah. it again for like the seventh time. <laughs> it's yeah. like uh, uh, Scorsese's film, Who's That Knocking At My Door with Harvey Keitel. It's like his, his first film, Scorsese's, and then because he he could only shoot it, anytime he would get money, he'd shoot a little bit more. And then so it took him like a year and a half. Mm. And Harvey Keitel mm-hmm. clearly like is changing in so many ways yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> as, as the year goes by. Um, yeah. And I, I, I worked on another film. Uh, a friend of mine did a feature film. I won't say his name because it'll be kind of fairly clear as to who it was, but um, for anybody who might listen, but it was pretty obvious through the, we did a screening, like a private screening t- just to, um, with just the, the above the line, I guess, like crew to see how the yeah. movies were. But it was pre- fairly obvious that, one of the actresses needed a lot more work and we became, it became clear that we need to go back and maybe reshoot her close-ups and focus just on those to try to like amp some of the, um, some of the talent from her in a sense. Yeah. And get, bring her yeah, performance yeah. up to speed with where the rest of the movie yeah. was. Um, yeah. And I mean, so those, so those are days that add in and you do it like a year later uh, there's parts yeah. of Married and Loving It that, um, especially the, where I'm, is my character and I'm being stabbed and cut to pieces. There's some of the sh- some of the shots didn't happen until a year later. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that though. <laughs> it's so that like that's one of my favorite things is like that we can pull it off and people have no idea. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Although I'm like, oh, her curl pattern is different and people aren't noticing. <laughs> well, you can imagine yeah, with yeah. all the work I did as a script supervisor, how much of those things, you know, even watching yeah. movies that I notice and I'm like, I didn't notice that. Just just stop noticing, you know, that kind of yeah. stuff because it's like, yeah. it's not your movie, like whatever. Yeah. It's hard not. It's hard Jason, to has that it, off, have, have you ever worked on a film where 
things have happened and, you know, they've changed the game on you from a music perspective? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I worked on a film where, um, so I was writing as they were editing. And um, so when that happens, sometimes uh, it yeah. can change quite a bit. You know, the film itself is changing quite a bit. And so you kind of have yeah. to adapt. You have to be flexible and adapt and add and cut, cut things in the music. And then there's also been other situations. There's been two times where um, I was given some uh, musical instruction, kind of like direction from the director. Uh, one of the times, this is before they even started shooting, one of the times... I knew that it was not not a good idea, like the direct. <laughs> mm. But I wanted to please him on some level, you know. It's his sure. baby, yeah. Uh, so I kind of took the seed of what he was asking me for, and then um, I kind of used that and and embellished on it. And then later on, the producer on the film got in touch with me and was basically kind of saying, like, kind of ignore what he told you to, to sure. do in th with the music. <laughs> Uh, yeah. so I kind of was able to like satisfy both people in that situation because I took the seed of what the director asked from, from me. And then, you know, I was more kind of on the same page as the producer in terms of what needed, in terms of music, what needed to be there. So that worked out. Uh, and that was great. Um, and there's another situation where, uh, you know, I thought the director, Actually, I, I do think he has really good musical instincts, but what he wanted and what the executive producer wanted were two quite different things. And so <clears throat> it's just part of my job is to kind of figure out, like, who is the ultimate decider yeah. in this situation? You know, because yeah. it's not always, you know, you're kind of just coming. It's not always the director. It's not always yeah. the director and it's not always clear. Like, you know, like yeah. uh, you're coming into this thing, especially when you have like a crazy deadline uh, and you're just yeah. kind of, you're jumping into this uh, chaos. The pressure, sometimes. you're inside the pressure cooker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, yeah. So, you know, those are just challenges, you know, that uh, is just part of the territory. That we all love. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can I ask? Yeah. Um, I have a question, Jason, and I'm. It, it's kind of based off of my own experience, and I feel bad, and I feel grateful that my my composer is as flexible as he is. He's also a close friend of mine, so I know that I have this flexibility with him. Um, but when I first cut the film, I had the version that I was like, "This is it. This is the final version of the film," and it was two hours and one minute long. Mm -hmm. um, and my composer composed to that. And then I had a couple, I had like a handful of people watch it. And like the general consensus was. Uh, These are five different Levi's little. that watched it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The general consensus was that it dragged in certain moments. And I agreed. So I, I, I went through and there's one guy that I like am very grateful for. But he was like, cut everything that you don't like. Um, and I was like, but I had my composer. And he was like, here's the thing. You paid the composer. It was a work for hire situation. Um, so like he he will be flexible mm -hmm. with it. And and he was like, um, but I do feel bad that like his music ended up changing because of how I had to cut the film, mm -hmm. you know. But he's making um, the music for you for your film. Yes, right, Jason? Yeah. And, yeah but, I mean you have But to, I'm curious, like, has that happened with you as well? Um yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, 
it's weird. I've had a kind of a various uh, sort of experiences. So sometimes um, there was one film where uh, the picture was completely locked, picture locked. Yeah. And I received the film. Oh. I said the same thing and then I changed it. So <laughs> well, let's just be honest. There's no the, the picture lock is never real. Well, it was in this case because I scored the film <laughs> yeah. and I had okay. zero revisions. The, f- the oh, first wow. things I said were, were the things that wound up in the film and it's screened and it's, you know, been around oh, wow. the country and stuff and festivals. And so I've had that kind of thing happen. Sure. And then I don't expect that to be every time, you know. And then I've had other yeah. situations where, um, I wrote music, like I said earlier, just based on conversations and reading the script over. And uh, again, no revisions. That's they and they actually cut the film to my music. And nice. oh, cool. so that's kind that's of like cool. the flip side, you know. But every situation yeah. is different. And then I've had yeah. other situations where, like I said, this one that I have in mind in particular, um, where it's being cut as I'm writing. And so sure. it's, it's just, just changing. changing yeah, it's changing. Yeah. It's some things are shortened, yeah. some things are long, some scenes are longer. Yeah. Uh, and you just have to kind of be flexible and be okay with that. Yeah. It's just part of the job, you know. Well, I will say, uh, going off of what you just said, like you know, it it, it screened and it went through the festival run and all that. Um, Paralysis has now screened at a number of festivals. And um, you're still changing it. And I did recently cut four minutes <laughs> from it. <laughs> but the reason I did is because I've now watched it so many times in the festival run that there were things that I'm like, this is not necessary. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I have cut four minutes, but this is like, this is genuinely, this is like the dis- the distribution um, cut that we're, we're, we'll be, that we're sending out yeah. to potential nice. dis- uh, you You yeah. know they're yeah. going to give you a little bit of... Um Oh, yeah, I don't care what they say. Yeah. This is my movie. Like, if you don't want to distribute my film as <laughs> you want it on Netflix, you gotta do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will. I will post it myself on Tubi if I have to. You know, like or so Amazon. Funny. Yeah, that's so funny. So you see, guys, this is this is what happens. Um, the thing yeah. about film is, it's a science, you know, um, and it's an art. And then you have the technology. It's a living, breathing art form. And yeah. the, and the technology yeah. is part of the skill set. And so you're blending, blending all these things together, but you, at the heart of it, they're all artists. The musician is an artist. The director is an artist. The writer is an artist. The editor is an artist. And so you have everybody kind of at some point, uh, kind of stepping on each other for have, you know, how should I say defending their art, right? this is my art and it feels kind of a little bit personal sometimes oh it's very vulnerable um and and artists can get uh depending on who it is they can get very emotional sometimes but they also tend to like okay they they come down to their senses um you know because in the end it's the teamwork you Mm, know and everybody then the village yeah. yeah and then once you see it when it's finished you're going oh my god i don't know why i was ready to murder you on this. This is perfect, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's, it is, it's one of my favorite things when like, like once we had everything together yeah. and we all came together and watched it, like, and honestly, we didn't watch it together until, until it premiered at the, the Culver city film festival, our first festival. Yeah. Um, but it was such an incredible moment for everybody on the team to experience that together. You know, it was just like, like, you know, it's we all worked toward this mm-hmm. for, you know, 
a, however long it took, you know? Yeah. And it, and I think it speaks to one of the reasons in one of our previous um, episodes that we were talking about why everybody in the crew should also be at the festival, you know, being a yeah. part of that. If they can. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, of yeah. course. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but they should at least be invited, you know, and, um, yeah. you know, you should let them know, hey, we're, we're going to all be together. We're not leaving you out yeah. like we're not so she like that. <laughs> <laughs> so um so anything else you guys want to bring up yes sorry there's we did not actually touch on props and we intended to so well, I, just I kind of yeah say, you got really quiet so i thought well yeah. i guess i do want you to bring up props though levi because the props for your film were excellent um <laughs> and it was kind of like what i was talking about with with the film that i was working on the guy was putting all the labels and everything and you did a lot of that yeah so i mean i think i think the main thing like avoiding labels like in every shot if there was something with a label we turned it but beyond that uh, ahead of time one of the things that you do is you go through your script and you figure out all the props that you need and you know uh what we ended up doing is making a spreadsheet and if people had certain things they would send images of the thing they owned and we would um or i would because i was the person who got to make that decision mm -hmm. i would say yes or no um and if it was a no then we would end up finding something online that we could or in or in goodwill or wherever that we could buy for cheap and then um, and then like do something creative with. So like one of the things in our script was an old pen pencil box. And I found this old or this brand new wooden box on Amazon. Um, and I bought it for like 10 bucks. And then when it arrived, I personally distressed it. So I like made it look older. I, I scratched it up a whole bunch. I designed the label for the cover of it. Um, and so it's like, there's things that you can do to cut costs um, in, you know, in, in clever, creative ways, you know, we have a demon book in ours that is definitely a copyrighted book. Um, but like what I ended up doing is I bought the book, I, I scraped the cover off of it and I made my own design on the cover. So, so it's like, um, it's, it's, it's ways of like taking things and, and making it your own so that you're not going to get in trouble and, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but oh, like it's, it's actually finding creative ways. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, it's like, it's, it's so awesome because it's, you know, I don't know if you ever watched those, um, making of things that HBO used to yeah. put on, but you yeah. see the meticulous work that they would go through. Like, I remember watching something about the Lord of the Rings, how they, um, they, they, they made up their own language and things like that. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and you're going, and, I mean, this whole thing was about the language, and 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 they made that, and the, yeah. the weapons and and the carvings on things that they, no one was even going to see, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, that kind of it's so impressive. And the thing is, like, once your film is done, you know, you all take this pride around it, even the things yeah. that maybe the viewer doesn't get to see, even in a sixty foot screen, right? But you all know this and and it's it's really important because you don't really know during the production how good it's going to turn out. You have the director's vision and the director's vision is not always, you know, your vision, you know, you yeah. even if you're reading the screenplay. And then when you see it done and when everything is finished, it's it's I told you this before, right? It's your legacy. 
And yeah. it's a forever thing and it's always there. And you've got, you know, after after we're gone, there are people who are going to watch these things and they're going to remember all the work and they're going to notice all the work that you put into that, you know. And I think that's very yeah. special and, it, and it's definitely worthy of the time and the effort that you put in it. Filmmaking is a very special thing. And if you're a mobile filmmaker or an indie filmmaker, if you're a part of a film and it doesn't matter what part you play in the filmmaking process, you're special and you should be very proud of yourself. And um, we'll celebrate you at the film festival 2024. Right. Right on. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, uh, any absolutely, absolutely last words. (laughs) I try to learn as much as I can about the filmmaking process. And I've been doing this for the, especially the last couple of years. And so like I was hanging on every word in this conversation we had tonight. And the more that I've learned about filmmaking, uh, the more that I've come to understand that every single person involved, no matter what their role is, is important. And it kind of all yeah. is greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah. Yep. So, My gosh. Yeah. I think, you know, after that, guys, if you're not inspired, <laughs> I mean, we just gave you we just gave you a really good walkthrough on, on yeah. making your feature film. If you've been making a bunch of short films, you know, with your smartphone, with another camera, whatever, um, but make a few shorts with your smartphone to get to know your best friend uh, in that way. Hmm. And uh, once you're done with that, make a feature film. Uh Download this podcast, save it onto your laptop or on your phone and play it as you need it so that you can take notes later on the things that you need. These guys, as you know, have been winning awards uh, for the work that they're doing. So uh, listen to them. And they're very experienced uh, with the smartphone filmmaking uh, that they do. And um, and so, yeah. All right, guys, um, I hope you get a lot from this and uh, as much as we all did we're learning from each other too (laughs) so uh, say goodbye to our listeners until next time see you next week see you next time two weeks